Welcome to In the Club VIP, a Kansas Athletic Club production, striving for incremental improvement every day. This week, TJ, Nick, and I sat down with Nick Schauble to discuss some common injuries that he often sees as a chiropractor, specifically how he kind of treats and practices as a chiropractor, and how we all can be a little bit safer in the gym. Enjoy. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hello. What up? We got uh, another episode of In the Club VIP coming at you. We, uh, we got another fun guest today. Nick Schabel is going to join us. We got TJ here with us. Hey, guys. <laughs> got, I, don't <laughs> know if, I don't know if he's talking underwater or what. Uh, we got, <laughs> Nick, obviously, is here with us as well. Nick, say what's up. What's going on? And then our famous guest for today, you all know him, Nick Schabel, uh, what a chiropractor by trade, yeah. businessman by day. Batman by night. A little bit of both. Good, good intro. Yeah. Um, can, can we call you Shovel for the sake of this? Absolutely. That way we don't have <laughs> dueling nicks. Yeah, dueling that would get, get a little tough. So, um, but yeah, today we're gonna, we, we brought him on. Where we kind of want to really just kind of hear about his story, um, kind of what he does, and and really the theme for today is going to be injuries, injury prevention, kind of how to. Um, you know what we need to do about them, and especially how we can prevent them or how we can manage injuries coming back into the gym. As hopefully we're able to open up here in the future, or if we drop this after we've already opened, I have no idea since what day it is right now. So, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that some of you out there are in the same boat where you're like, I think it's Wednesday, it might be Thursday, I'm not really sure what day it is. Um, but yeah, we'll just kind of we'll kind of get into it here. So, Shabba, what? Um, Tell us a little about your story. Um, you know, actually, I did a little snoop and a little little research. So uh-huh. I know you're uh, from Southeast Kansas. Correct. Okay. Independence. Yeah. Not Independence, Missouri. Not Independence, Missouri. <laughs> Independence, Kansas. I always need to point that out. My family's from Parsons, so I know a little bit about Independence, oh, sure. Missouri. But, yeah. Uh, or in not Missouri, Independence, Kansas. So tell us a little bit about your story um, and how you got here. Okay. So um, I went to undergrad at Pittsburgh State, and I was a chemistry major and planning to go to pharmacy school. Um, turns out I hated pharmacy work. <laughs> so I didn't figure that out until I was a senior and I was looking around at other careers. I was considering maybe becoming a teacher, right? Um, always enjoyed teaching people. So someone had mentioned that my brother had been going to a chiropractor because he was on the golf team in high school at the time and how much it had helped him. So. It was kind of one of those YOLO moments, right? (laughs) To where I was just like, I'm just going to go check it out and I'll apply and see what happens. I really didn't know a whole lot about chiropractic at the time, which I guess when, you know, you're 23 years old, that's a easier decision to make Mm -hmm. than now. Right. But, uh, so I applied to chiropractic school, um, Started there, didn't really know what I wanted to specialize, if I wanted to specialize in anything. And as you move through school, and I'm sure you're familiar with this too, like you start to gain interest in particular topics, right? Absolutely. Wanting to work with a certain population. And I slowly gravitated more towards, I guess what you would call sports medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
more along the lines of uh, rehab and things like that. And met my wife in school. We decided to open a practice together. And that was also another YOLO moment. <laughs> uh, when, when you have no money. Yeah, yeah so school, let's do it. Luckily for us, six years later, it worked out. Uh, and now we're running a practice here in Leewood. We have three chiropractors in the office. Um, and we're just having a good time every week. Awesome, man. That's really cool. And actually, just I, when I was doing my snooping, I noticed on the website, your wife does a little bit different stuff with chiropractic care. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what does she do? So she leans a little more towards women's health. Um, she does some perinatal stuff. Okay. So pregnancy-related pain, things like that. Uh, patients that come in or call in and want to see a female chiropractor, traditionally they would see her. Now we have another female chiropractor there. Cool. So we have some other options. Um, but yeah, so whereas I tend to focus a little more on the rehab side of things, she leans more that way, but we both see general population. Yeah, yeah, just people. for, you know, just adjustments and normal things like that. Yeah. I thought it was really cool though, and it's something that until recently I hadn't had a lot of experience um, or, or knowledge about was the women's health component in mm -hmm. chiropractic care. Um, yeah. Obviously being in PT school, I know the, the physical therapist role in women health, women's health, but it was something that was pretty eye-opening to me, and, and I thought it was pretty cool that you guys offer that, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, with uh, uh, Cameron, with, when she was pregnant with Xander, really relied on, on Nick and Larissa for some, for some help with certain complications and things mm -hmm. that, that, that she needed there. So, like, yeah, I can absolutely vouch for, for the, 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 their ability to help make, um, if, you're, if, if you are a husband and your wife is pregnant, send them there. Like, I'm going to jump in the game, man. Like, that made her so happy and feel so much better on just every single day especially towards the pregnancy she was struggling with some things. So. And that's not, I mean, I, once a patient hits like 13 weeks of pregnancy, I transfer them. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't have pregnancy pillows. I don't want to do yeah. any of that kind of stuff. But it is almost superhuman how women will walk in to the room dying and walk out 25 minutes later and just... Yeah. I'm healed. So <laughs> it's not fair because if someone comes in, if they refer their husband in and their husband's got tendonitis, <laughs> right? About 25% better. That's awesome. That's, that's super cool. So um, what's, what's the name of your business? It's, uh, we just changed the name actually right before the whole coronavirus thing. So that is probably my fault then. Um, <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it's Astro Performance Health. No. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And then you're, you said you're located over in Leewood. Yep. Correct? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So I say we get into some injury topics and, and um, I don't really have a plan for how we're going to go about this. If we want to hit the top three or if we just want to talk about some and see where it goes. Um, I know selfishly I've dealt with a back injury. I know TJ has dealt with a back injury. So maybe that's a good place. What are the most common back injuries that you deal with, what you work with? So it's funny you say that because I also dealt with a back injury. Oh, three before. Right? Nick, uh, in. Um, that's how he started. Yeah, that's actually how I okay. TJ started CrossFit. So. Four for four. So. so by far the most common injury, right? Yep. Um, if, you want to, if you want to get real specific. In 2013, we had, I believe it was 2013, where we had this huge, like, relentless snowfall in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And I was shoveling snow at the house we were renting multiple days in a row never had any injury before as far as musculoskeletal goes and i could tell something was wrong like 
there was this relentless ache in my low back, yep. you know, and it wasn't enough to stop me from doing anything. And I was relying at the time I was in chiropractic school. So I relied on the experts to give me some advice, yep. things like that. And you start to see, that's where I started to come up with concept that no matter how educated your provider is, it, if you don't own your own stuff, mm -hmm. right, then you're probably not going to get where you want to be. So I had a long kind of bout of exploration trying to figure out my problem, mm -hmm. you know. And I think I talked to you before. We talked about nerve roots, things like that. Yep, Very similar thing, yep. right? Funny enough, Nick was talking about met TJ CrossFit. I was so fed up with it in, by 2014 that I started CrossFit yeah. as well and noticed immediately what weight training did for my pain. I mean, almost immediately it would give me relief for a few hours. Yep. Mm -hmm. And as I started to get stronger, the relief lasted longer and longer. It was harder to trigger that. Um, so I have a lot of experience with low back pain. I would say that the most common injury I see is more of the insidious type injury kind of like what I had, you know, I shoveled. I didn't feel anything at the time. It was, it was hours later. Yeah. Uh, those ones are more of an accumulation effect type injury, right? right? It's really it, hard to pinpoint sure. what the actual cause was. It's kind of like, man, I don't really know what happened, but it's just... Well, I'm sure that if you, if you haven't already experienced it, people would explain to you, you know, I don't understand. I can deadlift 450 pounds, but then I went to reach for the shampoo bottle and threw my back out, yeah. right? And it's not the shampoo bottle. <laughs> it was an accumulation of all these things and all these little things that you had done that led up to it that kind of, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That's the most common thing I see. You know, in school they teach you strains, sprains, all that kind of stuff. They come in every once in a while, but most of them are what I would categorize as like repetitive overuse injuries, mm -hmm. okay. you know, which with education are the easiest to treat because there's no timetable for healing like there would be for strain or sprain, but it requires a lot of education. And again, if you don't own your own stuff and recognize what you're doing mm -hmm. that's causing that, that's where people kind of get stuck in those loops of re-injury, you know? Yep. Um, <laughs> TJ's pointing at himself right now, very guiltily. And that goes back to, and again, you'll, you'll understand this the further you get into practice. Your, your methods are always going to be changing, and you always have to constantly reevaluate the way you approach treating patient problems. And the further I've got into this, right now I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, even if someone had a back injury, if you just teach them what their biggest weakness is, mm -hmm. the effects of treating that one thing are exponential. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. So instead of chasing after the tight muscles in the low back, or uh, you know maybe the treating the tendonitis, if you really get after the whatever you know unlock some of those weaknesses and bring them to the forefront and tackle that, they're going to get a much better result. And you need a little bit of buy-in with some treatment on yep. some of the, the right. stuff that they're right. dealing with. So you can't just foam roll everything? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. And I catch a lot of flack because I call like a Theragun or a, a 
Hypervolt, a placebo gun. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what they are. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a placebo. A placebo, by, by definition, works, right. right? Yeah. But it's kind of fool's gold in the long run, yep. you know? Because it's, it's just, it's a Band-Aid, mm-hmm. right? And, uh... You can only put on so many Band-Aids. Right? You know? Yeah. It's right. the same thing as, like, taking, like, uh, like a ibuprofen. Like, yeah, the pain's gone, but... Did you fix? Did you actually line? fix the problem? Like, why the pain's there? Sure. Probably not. I think uh, and this is a little bit of a tangent, not related to the back here, but like my my first uh, patient experience with you was several years ago before my very first wrist surgery. Uh-huh. Um, it it was in pain. It was hurting, and Nick uh, managed to relieve the pain from my wrist, at least in short form, by not by treating it. Uh, to relieve the pain, but by showing me different movements, warm-ups, and exercises I could do to get into a better position to lift and to do things, which in turn did not cause my wrist any further pain, right? So it wasn't like, oh, here's an ice pack, rub some dirt on it, and then let me like mobilize it a little bit. So you're you're saying moving well (laughs) limits injury? Weird. not even just the moving well yeah obviously that was part of it but like getting the joint primed to get into the position that it needed to be and not even just the wrist but the shoulder and, and everything in that chain yeah made it to and i'm like man if i would have been doing this the whole time yeah probably wouldn't have damaged my wrist well it's so, a great example of domain dependency right yeah. because when you're in the gym you know that for the most or when you're coaching right. you know that yeah yeah but then in your own situation you're looking. It's right. like I can't believe it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that was just a great example though of, of, of treating the actual underlying effect. Yeah. And some people would be like, well, you know, I didn't get the old ice pack treatment and the old mobility, like, but that isn't what I needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, 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 my main takeaway from from Nick's story there is if I go to a chiropractor and they rub some dirt on me, I'm going to be very confused at <laughs> what, what kind of practice it is. I don't know if you actually that's a practice of yours, but. Uh, which actually, it's, that, that, your story, Shabba, kind of took me down a, a different path too. Before we get back into the injury stuff, it seems like your treatment is a little bit different than maybe traditional chiropractic care where you're a little more whole person, maybe a little more exercise oriented. Is that true? Um, obviously, you probably still do manipulations, mobilizations, things like that. Yeah, so when you go to school, there's kind of rival gangs, okay? <laughs> there, there, there's, there's, the, there's the straight chiropractors, and then there's the mixed. And that's not fair that, like, that you're pigeonholing these people in Republican, Democrat, blah, blah, blah. But um, the straight chiropractors are the ones that are traditionally been more vitalistic, holistic, right? Treating the whole body, that kind of stuff. And then the mixed chiropractors tend to lean a little bit towards what they would call evidence-based, right? But now the evidence is showing that like, a, a holistic approach to the human body is actually probably more evidence-based than, you know, treating a structure like a shoulder or a hip um, in the grant and getting someone better. So it's, I've always felt like I've been a little bit counterculture, which is hilarious because I'm sitting here wearing Nike shoes, right? (laughs) But I, I don't believe that one system is the correct approach because the first time someone doesn't fit in the system, it's, it's broken, right? Or there, you realize there's a massive hole in your game. So I do kind of approach things from both sides to where, yes, we do some joint manipulation um, when the segments are restricted, mm-hmm. right? But 
someone doesn't get a full body cervical thoracic lumbar hips shoulder adjustment every time they come in right, right? work on the areas that are restricted and then as you kind of alluded to get into some exercise there some rehab and my focus on that has increased even more in the past probably three or four months um i again i don't want the patient to feel like they're too reliant on myofascial release and dry needling and that kind of stuff because then you create this fragility in their mind right to where their problem will never be fixed unless i fix it and you said earlier you know uh chiropractor businessman batman <laughs> and i heard something really uh i guess mind-blowing not too long ago it's where they said we need to be less batman and more alfred like guiding by the side versus being the superhero yep. like let the patient be the superhero yep. expand their knowledge and open their mind up to the concept that will fix their issue but let them fix the issue mm -hmm. and again it's that push pull of what you know and what you've done before and then being confident enough to try to you know to allow your practice to change over time to embrace right. those concepts and no, I think that's that's great that you brought that up because every time I've ever seen you, you've, you've literally given me like not necessarily homework, but yeah. you give me like a list of things to do and, and laid it out for me. Um, obviously, it was up to me to kind of own my own stuff, right? But yeah. It was always nice that I didn't just leave there. You just didn't just pop my neck and then you, you let me go. And you gave me like uh, essentially a list of things that were going to help me, so I never did come back. Right. So I was I always appreciated that and. Uh, you know, I just continue to own my own stuff, right? Right. right. So. No, I think that's a, a super important differentiation between what you do. One of the reasons why I've always gravitated towards you as my uh, practitioner in this realm is that um, if I feel like you're one of those guys that if, if you do your job, then I don't need to come and see you a bunch. Correct. As opposed to, I think there are some other practitioners, and I'm, I won't just say chiropractic, I'll say a lot of in, in, in healthcare, and maybe in more places than just that, but the business lives on you continuing to come back. Right. Right? But mm -hmm. I've always kind of got the, the, the notion from you of like, this, keep doing this, it'll fix it. If it doesn't, come see me, we'll adjust the course of action, yeah. not just when can we book you for your next appointment? Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I've always really appreciated that and always dug that approach. And it's hard because sometimes I wonder if I lean or I have leaned too far the other direction, sure. right? Sure. To where, you know, there there is some middle ground, mm -hmm. right? And a tendon, if it's truly been injured, does take time to heal and we do need to monitor it in a controlled manner so finding that sweet spot you're, you're correct like right. sometimes what's good for the business is not what's good for the patient yep. right and so you need to as a business owner you have to negotiate those two things yeah, couldn't you get to the point where like yeah you give me this action item of list of things that i need to do to correct this injury but mm -hmm. i can still come in on a regular basis and get some kind of like preventative stuff and some people choose to do that Right? Yeah. Uh, they, let's be honest. If you sit for eight hours a day and you're going to CrossFit one hour a day, four or five days a week, that is nowhere near enough to undo eight hours of sitting. Yep. Right? So. We all stood up. <laughs> <laughs> we all, uh, Collectively, yeah. our posture got like six inches taller. So. Over the mic now. <laughs> a lot of times, what your goals are for fitness are not compatible with your lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. 
great quote. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, most people are not in a position to just quit their job and start a podcast, right? right? Like Joe Rogan recommends. <laughs> so, yes, I do have people that elect to come in. You know, they may schedule something once a month and we'll go over um, actionable items. But again, like I said to, like I said earlier, uh, lately I've been trying to change my practice, specifically over the last two months, to where we're really addressing more of, let's find your biggest weakness, let's tackle that, it will raise your floor, okay, to where that it's in itself should prevent injury. Anything that enhances performance should prevent injury, right? right? And then once you've kind of tackled that issue, let's reevaluate, find the new floor, raise it up. You know, and then that's where I could see where someone says, all right, you know, I want to schedule something every six months. We're going to do an eval and really dig in to find what the weakness is. I had a CrossFit coach in a few weeks ago. Uh, we were a little surprised to see he can lift more than I can. He's faster. He's got better endurance, uh, way more educated as far as I am, as far as coaching. But we drew out in the exam that if he was in like a tabletop position or a low like low bear what we call it low bear he he was having trouble holding a conversation just while holding that position and then once i started having him do shoulder taps mm -hmm. i mean it, he's shaking all this other kind of stuff which, which for the patient it should not be uh discouraging you should look at that and be like wow i just found a massive yeah. weakness in yeah. my game right as a coach you can program in your sleep now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if, if you want to get stronger, sure. I can tell you exactly what to do. But I'm sure that there are other aspects of coaching that you're always working on to kind of work those corners yeah. to enhance your game. And it'll make everything else easier for you. Definitely. You know? So I want patients to view their issue that way. Like, let's, let's find out the things that you're missing or whatever that weakness is and tackle it and most people are pleasantly surprised to see how much better they feel hitting something that may not be directly related to their problem but we can kind of explain how it's related yeah yeah no, absolutely. Well, I, I love that yeah and the, like with one thing that you know we're taught a lot and i don't know if you guys are taught this saying but uh you know your body's a system of systems yeah. so even if you're improving in something that seems almost completely unrelated mm -hmm. and you really can't even bring that bridge together like why would that help my squat but it does because your body is a system of systems and if one system isn't working optimally it's going to take away from the other system at some point you may not notice it in your squat you may not notice it um rowing but you'll, you'll find something where you're like man i cannot do that very well right and like you said if you're able to reframe that into a positive instance man i really have a hole in my mobility i really have a hole um, in my static, um, you know, isometric holding capabilities, mm -hmm. um, and you think of it as like, I got something I can work on and get better, it, it makes a huge difference, right? right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a high school athlete in that same situation where that low bear position is difficult. If we have them stand upright in the same position, that is like a starting defensive back mm -hmm. position. Yeah. So if that person's not stable on the floor, how stable do you think their body truly is in an athletic position? Mm -hmm. You know, but they're going to have these compensations and then it's no wonder to where they have repetitive hamstring injuries, things like that, because their, their body's going to, it's going to find a way to get from point A to point B. It always does. So those compensations are going to be hidden when you're in a different position. And that's why it's important for you to draw those out. Like Jess, 
probably could do gymnastics maintenance work for the rest of her life and be okay, right? She'd probably be better off finding, and I do, I see her in here working on snatch technique and things like that. Yeah. Working on holes in her game versus going all in, right, on that kind of stuff. If, how can we make Tyreek Hill more dangerous? Do we make him faster? And he's already one of the, if not the fastest guy in the league, one of the fastest. Yeah. What's the incentive to make him faster? What would make him more dangerous would be to make him stronger, where he can push off a defensive back, right? Yeah. Or even push off a linebacker. Yeah. You know. Some separation. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to make someone unstoppable, really find their biggest hole and fill it, versus trying to go super sharp in one direction. They'll be really good at that, but as soon as you expose them to something else, general fitness, yeah. like CrossFit. Right. Well, I, I don't know the quote exactly, but Matt Fraser, obviously, most people know Matt Fraser. He's won the CrossFit Games for the last 15 years, it feels like. <laughs> uh, but he said he absolutely loves finding a weakness, and he, he'll he'll just he'll take it back. And he said, I, I guarantee I will become one of the best at it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Like that's that's his approach. Like if I if I suck at something, I'm literally gonna flip the script. I'm gonna become so good at it that like it was running, the running, you know, the running portion. Mm-hmm. He came back and won all these running events, and everyone was like, uh oh. Yeah. yeah. Like his one his one weakness was swimming and running, and he came back and started winning these events, and then it was like it's over. Yeah. So for where 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 our job is to motivate people to get into the gym to work on their their weaknesses in a fitness realm, then Nick, your job is more to find out the holes within the body that are weaknesses and help help light a path to address those. Right. right? Well, and sometimes it's just illuminating it, right? Because I'm one-on-one. Yep. You guys have sometimes 30. I've seen almost 40 people in here before, yeah. right? So <laughs> when, when you're in that position, no one would expect a coach or even if you got two or three coaches in here at one time to be able to pick apart. Really, it's the... It's your clients needing to take ownership of that. And if they're struggling with something, they need to bring that up. And, you know, because um, yeah, how else can you address it unless someone else shows it to them, right. right? So you guys can do everything possible, and you obviously do a fantastic job here. But if someone doesn't let you know they're having a problem, yep. then it's really hard to draw that out. For sure. Exactly. Definitely. It's like, uh, you know, Happy Gilmore. It's like when he learned to putt, right? <laughs> what happened? So everybody should try to be Happy Gilmore. Uh, love that movie. Somebody's close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think now's probably a, a good time to kind of shift over to maybe you know preventative measures when we're all getting back in the gym. Mm-hmm. Maybe some common things that um, just every and it's really hard to put everybody into one bubble because everybody's so different. And everybody needs different things. Right. Um, but maybe what, what's your advice for for people when they're getting back into the gym? Um, how to avoid injury, and that's a very broad question. They're going right? to be so excited <laughs> to get in here. Well, and that's that's tough because probably one of the best indicators for a potential injury would be a decrease in activity, and then how do you ramp that back up, right? Yeah. Because if you ramp up too quickly, the chance of injury is going to go up. So, unfortunately, that's not going to be my job. That's going to be your guys' job <laughs> yeah. to, to program around that. Yeah. But you can take stock of over, you know, one of the great things about the quarantine has been virtually all workouts have been body weight unless you have equipment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you should probably have noticed in some way that you struggled with an aspect of that. 
maybe your push-ups aren't where you want them to be, or maybe your endurance for squats, your squats, right? You should take stock of those types of things and then start working on those right now before you get back into the gym, right? Because what what you want is a low risk with high reward system, okay? And when you're working with body weight stuff, that's the best time. So if you know that you have an issue with um, snatch mobility, for instance, and you're gonna be coming back into the gym, it's a great time to start working on that. In general, what we talked about before, just try to fill in those hill, those holes as well as you can before we get back. Right. You know, get active. Make sure that if you have been completely inactive, get out, start walking, start moving around. Maybe start working out two, three days a week for 30 minutes just to kind of ramp that system back up. Right. And then, like I said, you guys are in the unenviable position of getting people honestly reconditioned, yep. you know. Some people have probably kept up with it. Many people may have kept up with it. Well, that's going to be the interesting dynamic when, you know, going forward as we coach is, you know, some of our members are have barbells and, and plates and kettlebells and all this stuff. So their workouts really haven't deviated or continue to provide, you know, you know programming for them. Mm-hmm. But then the people that are just like, they're squatting a mulch bag, you know, it's like, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how we, you know, we manipulate a class in which I you know, refrain some of the group of people to kind of take it easy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm still like, all right, let's grind at these groups. So it's, well, yeah. So I feel like there's a few things at play there. Like the, the, if you just, if, if for anyone that's just been doing the zoom classes every day, it's what pretty much the gymnastics and then a body weight workout. Mm-hmm. As long as you do that seriously mm-hmm. and take, I mean, take it seriously as yeah. you do it. Don't just go through the motions. I don't think most people do. I think most people work pretty hard at it from what yeah. I can see, right? Um, you're going to get a ton of core work based off of the gymnastics stuff that's being done. And hopefully you're not just like bouncing up and down on air squats and moving just to move. You're actually doing them well. And that's where TJ's like got his eye on you and everything yeah. else. So I feel like those people will be fine. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, if you've been following the individual design stuff that Twan's doing, I think for the most part, you'll be good. Mm-hmm. It's the people, it's the we don't. people that have maybe fell through the cracks and, yeah. and are just kind of doing some of their own thing. And if you if they come back, I don't think that this is a long enough time period for us to all just have like lost all of our strength. No, it doesn't work like that. It, exactly. Like you may not feel like you can go pull up a PR deadlift, and by no means should you. <laughs> but like when you come back, you're it's not gonna you're not gonna feel as weak as you might be, but you will have lost some of the uh, ability to brace properly, some of the capacity that you have, and that to me is gonna be the recipe for disaster. Right. Right, so it's like, how do you put the reins on that? Um, and then also, to your point, how do, can you prepare for that now? Right, you know? I think it'll be important for our athletes to communicate with us. Hey, I, you know, I really haven't been doing much. Right. Well, good, that's, well, I'm glad you're here, right. but let's, let's kinda like, let's take it easy for the next couple of weeks, yeah. and, and we'll ramp you back up, and you'll get it quick, but it's. For sure. Don't just dive into the fire. Right. That's and something I, I would do, and don't be like me. <laughs> I think another thing too, and we've talked about this probably two or three different times on the podcast, but um, not necessarily being results oriented, but being more process oriented. And you know, just because you're back in the gym doesn't mean that you have to hit your PR deadlift like Nick said, or um, you know, 
have your best friend time. Not that we're going to be doing those workouts or anything. I think those are just the two examples we always use. First day's Murph, dude. <laughs> First day, getting PR Murph, which actually body weight wise, that, that's a good one to, to probably do. But um, it's, it's really being more about how much effort am I able to give? Am I giving good effort? Am I um, you know, right on that line between intensity and form? Am I, am I staying there or am I just going full send and looking like a fishing pole on my deadlifts because I want to get first in the workout. Um, I yes. think that's going to be the biggest thing is maybe a little mindset shift, um, which I know that we had talked about before. Um, guys, I think we, we hit a lot of good, good stuff today. Um, Travel, do you have anything that you want to talk about before um, what, out of here? What I've been telling people lately is kind of what you were alluding to right there. Make every rep count, right? Every rep should be a hundred percent effort maybe not physically but mentally it should it should be a hundred percent that is a surefire way to get the most out of your workouts but in a safe way right mm -hmm. you can let's say before you came in here and you were doing dumbbell snatches with 50 pounds right and you hadn't been working out at all if you struggled with the 50 before probably not a good idea to pick the 50 back up but if you want to make a weight heavier, move it faster, right? Mm -hmm. Take that 35 pound dumbbell and move it with intensity and you'll be getting the same out of your workout. Even if you feel like you're not quite back to where you were, you'll get there faster. Uh, I just saw a study the other day where for people over the age of 75, 15 years of inactivity can be undone in two to three months of strength training. So for a 25 year old, 35 year old, 45 year old, they should have no problem getting back to where they were by summer, right? Yeah. Absolutely. By the end of the summer. So this is, I, I think about this a lot, but like Nick and I talk about this from a business perspective, like, all right, we're going to take a step back. We're going to try to look at all our processes and make them better. Well, when I'm coaching a lot of these Zoom classes, I'm like, understand the intent, like use this as a good opportunity to develop some, some really good muscle memory and just move really well. Yeah. So when we get back in here, once we start ramping back that intensity, now our body reverts back to that good muscle memory and moves well under duress or distress. And, and, and so we don't revert back to old bad habits of moving bad just because at the, at the expense of trying to go faster. Right. So yeah. you can use it as an opportunity to come back in here and really develop how to move really well. It's going to limit injuries. Mm -hmm. You don't see shovel as much, right? <laughs> so it's just going to be good if you allow this as, uh, as a, a good opportunity to uh, move a lot better. Yeah. And if you have any questions, um, I'm on Instagram. I think it's just at Nick Shovel. You can reach out. Our business is also on there um, at Astro Performance. You can email me. You can send me a message on Facebook. I'll be happy to help you out with anything that you're dealing with or um, struggling with at the time. Or if you just have questions about injury prevention or looking at certain like, you know, at home products, I, I'll help you with anything. So I try to always be there for my patients. A lot of them text me. So like me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome guys. It's a different world. Here. Like, uh, like Shabal said, if you got any questions, hit him up. He'll, uh, he'll get back to you or go see him even better. Um, as always, like, rate, review us, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Thank you guys, and we'll see you soon.